Welcome to Day Zero Update for March 6, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brian Parkins. And I'm Dan Victoria. And yeah, we've got a pretty big show here to uh, talk about a bunch of stuff. We do have some news on the industry as a whole, doing some things about uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, a couple things here that are going on with that. Uh, we do have your new games coming to PlayStation Now and Game Pass for this month. A couple bits of news here for uh, Nintendo. They got a couple interesting things going on. Uh, we do have a bunch of dates here. We'll tell you what stuff is going on with the GTA 5 and GTA Online uh, remasters for the new mm-hmm. consoles. And a couple games coming to platforms uh, all around for the next few months, as well as a one of those handful of games coming from the trails I've been playing. Uh, for me, I have been playing some Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. Uh, enjoying that a good bit. It's nice to have kind of a campaign-focused one of those for the first time in about nine years, I think, the last one was. Mm-hmm. I think six was around 20, uh, on the PS3 just before the PS4 launched. So that's been quite a while for that. But yeah, this game has uh, a lot of cool stuff to it. The... Uh, they do a good job of kind of easing you into the game, not necessarily throwing everything at you. Uh, so they have this cafe, that essentially, where you get uh, all of your sort of introduction to different modes and such as they give you these uh, menu book sort of challenges to tell you, like, hey, uh, you should do some racing and collect these three cars, and you'll see the events that are uh, the ones you should do tied to that stuff to get those cars. Uh, so you're going to start building up your library a bit. Uh, along with that, then it's like, okay, you've done that. Let's, let's take you to the, the license uh, area and have you try out that stuff. Uh, and you're sort of working your way up to, you know, tuning and the the maintenance you do for cars, you know, getting the car wash and oil changed and that kind of stuff uh, that are kind of classic things for the the series. And, yeah, I just got to... Finishing the second of the challenges or the championships they have in the game, uh, which is when they unlock the multiplayer uh, for you, so you can do sort of lobby-based multiplayer and the the sport mode. That is mm-hmm. like what you had in you know Gran Turismo Sport, uh, thing that's very much based around you know actually racing properly. Yeah. Uh, versus you know just the the typical uh, shit show where. You know, everybody just crashes in the first turn because nobody's trying to break that mm-hmm. early on in a multiplayer race. Right. That kind of stuff where you kind of get actually raided. And, you know, if you start playing like an asshole, they start matching you with assholes. Saying, hey, how how do you like that? Uh, so there you go. So that, uh, that's been a lot of fun. Soundtracks, maybe not as star-studded as I would. Uh, have expected. It seems like a lot of the music is just very Gran Turismo-esque music, uh, but not much in the sort of classic rock uh, kind of stuff that had been in previous games. Uh, maybe I haven't played enough to see it, but I played a good bit so far, and there's not really any sort of uh, music mode to go into to mm. see what the entire lineup is, but I don't think it's I haven't seen anybody talking about anything major there. And then there's this weird uh, song where Idris Elba is doing a little bit on it. 
for some mm-hmm. reason. I know, like, in his spare time, he likes to do DJ stuff. Uh, mm. But for a reason, he's, like, a featured uh, participant on one of these songs. But, uh, yeah, when you do start up, it throws you into the music rally mode, which is kind of the most arcade-style uh, mode, as it kind of asks you, like, you know, what sort of assist you want, uh, difficulty and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that is all just you drive around the track uh, to the beat of the song, and you try and hit the... Uh, little uh, checkpoints to add more time to your total. And it's all tied to each track is tied to a different song for that stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a pretty neat, like uh twist on the way they usually do the racing stuff uh, for that mode. But that is sort of presented on the main screen is like, Oh, you can do campaign or you can do some of this music rally mode, which uh, is pretty interesting way they do it. I was also looking at some of their museum stuff, which is where they kind of show uh, historical stuff, uh, especially in relation to different brands of vehicles. And so I took a look at Volkswagen, which if you know your car history for that, they started as a Nazi car manufacturer. Yes, they did. And conveniently, they go from like, ah, oh, 1939, when Volkswagen was founded, to 1945. <laughs> when, uh, you know, some British rich dude uh, sort of bought Volkswagen and rebuilt it yeah. after the war. They don't really talk about anything uh, between then. Nope. But uh, you can look at, they do have like general world events so they can look at World War II stuff that's in there. I don't, I don't know if the Holocaust is mentioned in there at all, but uh, you know, like COVID's on there. Mm-hmm. You can see like the, I think the recession that we had in 2007 yeah, on there, Trump's mentioned on there mm-hmm. uh, for more recent stuff. So, you know, uh, things that are car related and things that are more general society and culture related, mm-hmm. uh, though no real political statements of any kind in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, the brand sensor also has a bunch of videos in it, which I didn't think about at first. Like, oh, these that's neat. Uh, then I realized, oh, these are YouTube videos. So I watched like an old uh, video from Michelin. That was them like bragging about kind of their ability to make like tires with air in it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that was kind of there's a lot of, like neat little you know car brand history stuff and that kind of stuff that is fun to look at. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Gran Turismo Seven out now for PS5 and PS4. And it yeah. seems like the PS4 version is very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they do have sort of a performance and uh, whatever the the best looking modes, that kind of stuff in there. I on performance, so it keeps a pretty steady sixty FPS on that stuff. It seems like the PS4 version does pretty well for itself there. Though PS5 obviously has you know faster load times, takes a couple seconds to get into races, that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah, they make use of the the dual sense, you know, the trigger stuff. You can feel, you know, resistance on some braking stuff, and as well as gas at times. Uh, you get a nice bit of rumble for. Uh, I was doing a race on the the Tokyo Highway track that they have in the game. Mm. And you can feel like the the speed bumps when you're running into them. Uh, kind of stuff that they have on the on the roads there, uh, as well. gravel and all that kind of stuff. The uh, uh, the shoulder, uh, whatever the the bumps they put on shoulders to keep you 
knowledge of what's going on around there. So there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff they do with that. So yeah, very cool game. Looking forward to put some more time into that. Uh, but also been playing some more Elden Ring, kind of just running around, do a bunch of uh, random stuff. Uh, I did find the the walking mausoleum that is pictured in the loading screens a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was pretty underwhelming once I figured out how to stop stop from walking around. Because yeah. uh, the, the thing that's in there explained to me, I was like, I have no idea what that is. It's like duplicating something... And I did not have any of those. So I was like, oh, this this is fun to spend a bunch of time on that and have nothing to show for it. But I think it just stays. uh, Once you sort of take out its legs, it uh, just stays in one spot. I assume so. I don't know. I haven't come back to it after that. Uh, But I've beaten a few bosses. I beat that dragon that's in the lake, finally. Mm -hmm. Uh, That took a bit of trying. I got to one of the, the minor earth trees. Uh, yeah. which had a boss that was a bit tricky. It wasn't tough. It was just a matter of avoiding its big swings uh, that can knock me off my yeah. horse and all that. That was the first time I also tried the a little spirit summons you can have. Yeah. I have wolves and jellyfish. And the wolves got massacred because they mm-hmm. just rush right at the target. And the target, the, the boss just has a nice butt stomp. To do yeah. big damage uh, for that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, the, the jellyfish did better at like, getting its attention and keeping it away. Uh, but I also had... The area was pretty weird. It had like, a bunch of big pots. I was like, oh, maybe the pot friend is over here. Nope. Uh, I did find like a siren vampire bird hanging around nearby. Because I heard something singing. I was like, what the hell is that? Mm. Maybe there's some some significant thing over here. Now it's just a, a vampire bird that could sing. It had like a human face on it. Very creepy. I uh, went over and killed it pretty quickly. Mm. So like a lot of things uh, wasn't as tough as it seemed. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, kind of the gist of what I've been doing there. I haven't gone back to market to try it out. Just been exploring, finding more uh, things to do. Looking for more sites of grace to so I can warp around more as I, you know, get to uh, other places in the world. That's been largely that. Uh, also been playing some Power Watch Simulator. They just put out their big 0.8 updates, uh, which added four new maps. Uh, these are very story, uh, I guess, kind of story-related maps. Uh, they've been doing story stuff throughout the game. I'm talking about so there's this volcano uh, that people thought they saw the mayor's cat that had gotten lost somehow near this volcano. Uh, but you do work at this carnival that you can see the volcano in the distance and it's on um, the last of the maps in the last updates. You can see those smoking. It's like, oh, something's going on with that volcano. And the new new jobs they put up in this update uh, deal with that in some way. I think it's still going to be some big thing here. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is, but yeah, the the biggest new map they added is a subway station that had been abandoned, I guess in 1984. Uh, so you're kind of cleaning up and you're seeing these signs in there that you uh, wash off and it's like, oh, there's are things that have been referenced in messages and such I've gotten. So it's a neat little touch. Uh, 
mentioning a mayor whose I think grandson is the one that's now the mayor of the town. So yeah, doing some fun stuff there. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of uh, been it there. Uh, what else? I checked out the Steam Next Fest sort of demo stuff they had and played a bunch on a stream of a bunch of the games that were in there. I went for some of the the more notable ones that I had seen. So I played some Far Changing Tides, the newest of those games. Uh, whereas the first uh, Far Lone Sails was kind of focused on this ship you were uh, sort of maintaining as you're trying to get across this land. Uh, it was more uh, land focus. This one has more water stuff going on. You can have mm-hmm. a ship that can actually float and navigate through water uh, areas, that kind of thing. Uh, looks really nice. It's a bit of an improvement because I think their their budget for this game's improved a bit. Uh, the kid that you're controlling in this one, I don't think it's the same one as the first one. I could be wrong on that, but uh, they have like a a special like suit on when you go in the water since you can swim now. Uh, that can get you around pretty fast. Whereas in the first game, you're just kind of running at a fairly slow speed uh, if you needed to get out of the vehicle. So uh, that one's pretty good. That one's out now on everything, I believe. Uh, I think it's also on uh, Game Pass, which we'll mention a little bit later. I played Neon White, which is the new game from... Oh, what's his face? Uh, I think I did Donut County, but uh, yeah, it's very different from Donut County. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's more of a first-person puzzle game uh, action in it, uh, kind of leaderboard-focused a bit. Uh, you play as one of these know, assassin that is like a demon slayer kind of assassin that is somehow in... I, don't know, I forget what the story is all about. You're trying to get a redemption... Uh, to get into heaven, I guess. You're working your way around, but you have these other assassins that you're competing against. Uh, you have like a, a rank based on how well you do in these stages. Uh, so there's there's a lot of like visual novel-esque things in this where you're kind of talking to people. Uh, there's like relationships to have. I don't know if it gets to the realm of dating or just a matter of unlocking you know narrative stuff from that, but there's like the idea of giving gifts to people, all that kind of stuff. The demo is pretty lengthy from what I saw. I don't know how long it was, but I went through a series of stages that were kind of all tutorial stuff showing you, uh, you know, how these different weapon cards you get work. Uh, they're, you know, like the, there's like a pistol you can shoot, but also when you discard it, you get like a jump out of it. So you can kind of double jump, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So they build levels. Uh, other ways to do that kind of stuff, but as you beat a stage and try to, you know, get the highest, uh, I think, platinum rank on it, uh, they unlock like, okay, there's a gift on this stage that you got to find in the process of completing it. So you got to, you know, stop and look around and see where that is, as well as you know, uh, there's leaderboards and uh, other kind of stuff in there that they throw in. So it seems like a fairly replayable game. Uh, depending on what aspect of it you're you know, focusing on. If it's just leaderboards, uh, that seems like that's going to be a nice challenge there, mm-hmm. uh, as long as people don't hack them. 
Mm. The weird bug I had on this demo is that when I got, went to the leaderboards to look at my stuff, I couldn't click out of it. So I was playing with the controller inside to pull out my mouse and navigate back to the other parts of the menu to actually get around, get a get mm. to the next area kind of thing. So that was a little bit weird, but uh, let's see. Then I played Help High, which is the a 3D platformer where you're playing this uh, demon dude who is mm-hmm. uh, just going around doing stuff. Uh, but you get this, you run into this angel and somehow you get uh, you know, tethered together. Uh, the stages, the, the weird thing is the game has options for like streamer modes, but they're, I, I turned it on because I wasn't sure what it was talking about. Uh, they censor things in a way where they just put like a big mm-hmm. like blur filter over like mutilated corpses and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of a very graphic game. Uh, for that, which is not really a huge surprise from what I'd seen uh, previously, but yeah, they uh, then there's like a super streamer mode, I assume does even more, I don't know uh, but yeah, that game seemed alright mm-hmm. but it seemed to uh, it got to a point where I was uh, fighting poops mm-hmm. you know, anthropomorphic poops that were uh, going around doing stuff so I was like, "Oh, this little bit of a of a you know conquers bad fur day kind of stuff here." So if that kind of appeals to you, that kind of thing, that maybe to check that game out. I think they still mm-hmm. have the demo up for that. So there's some of these games are keeping demos up uh, even after the event, so you can potentially still check them out. I played Ko the the Kangaroo. Mm-hmm. This was easily the buggiest demo of all of these because it mm-hmm. broke my streaming setup. Wow. Such a way my camera just stopped being unable to show up in OBS. Mm. Uh, after the stream, I closed OBS and opened it back up again. It was working. But for whatever reason, the game, sometimes my dual screen setup causes some games to think that uh, I have a 4K screen because it sees that I have two 1080p screens. And if you know your 4K and 1080p, 4K is. Uh, twice as tall and twice as wide. So it sees that I have twice the the real estate as at least in width. And so it's like, oh we'll just put it in 4K though most games scale that down to the one screen, but this one just freaked out constantly. It also had a bug where the sound effect uh audio options uh, audio meter in the game did not affect actual sound effects. It affected the like ambient noise in the in the stage it's like background noises and such mm-hmm. so it was weird so i turned everything down but then like the punches and menu sound effects and such were just super loud for whatever reason the game itself was okay you know it's kind of one of those 3d platformers where you know go around beat up dudes and collect the letters and all this kind of stuff a little bit of donkey kong country in there and kind of crash bandicoot or whatever and it's like yeah it's Okay, but it wasn't even worth continuing the demo because it just had some bad uh, checkpointing. Some points where I had to just keep restarting areas, being like, oh, I don't think I'm going to keep playing this because it's just it a pain in the ass most of the way. Uh, but let's see, there's Conan Chop Chop, which I think is also out mm-hmm. now for the full game. Uh, that is a, a sort of Zelda-inspired top-down roguelite. 
kind of thing where you're going around fighting dudes. Uh, the combat was okay. Didn't really do much for me. The art style is kind of nice uh, for that. Uh, you can play with uh, up to four players. That seems very focused on that versus trying to play solo and deal with some of the combat stuff uh, for that. But yeah, that seemed all right. Uh, let's see. Then I played a game called Golfy, uh, mm-hmm. which is a uh, it's a mini golf roguelike uh, with deck building to it, where you're collecting these abilities uh, for your you know, sort of shots you can take. So like a lob shot or a power shot, you know, that kind of stuff uh, to it. And you can pick up to three for one shot. So if you got a hole that's up in the air, you can pick a lob, even do two if it's super high, but being a lob shot, it doesn't go very far. So if you pick two, it's not going to go very far. But if you had a power in there, then you can get a uh, a nice shot that's going to go high up into the air and get some distance, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of figuring out the best ways to combine all of this uh, to you know get to the hole and try and complete as many holes as you can. I think I managed to get like three or four in as I was uh, doing this. Uh, has a neat style to it and all that. A uh, little rough around the edges, but... Uh, that's one that uh, could be pretty cool uh, as they finish it up. Uh, if you're into mini golf and stuff that does something a little bit different with that stuff. Uh, let's see the other one. Uh, the last one here is a game called Bower. Seemed like a very small uh, game. Uh, it's very much kind of a, a game where you're a mouse piloting a ship. It's a 2D game, and you're just trying to avoid birds in the sky. Try and get mm. the, the long run you can. Uh, For that, you get a boost uh, for your abilities. Uh, And I think you also have a drop. So if you need to do a quick, like, duck or something like that, uh, you can do that. Uh, But yeah, the the demo just has, you know, one difficulty. They have, like, an easier difficulty and a harder difficulty you can try out. Uh, For the demo, it was just the the one main uh, middle difficulty. And leaderboards, so they didn't have any online leaderboards as of this time. They might by the time they launch, but it's supposed to be sometime this month, but it's it seems like one of those small uh, little games that's nice and chill kind of thing to go. But yeah, that's been that was it. So some nice stuff in the in the next fest. I do have a couple others I still have downloaded that I might check out at some point. Uh, but for the most part, that was it for me. So Brandon, how about you? Uh, well, as for me, much like you, I'm still playing Elden Ring. Um, I have finally, uh, I finally managed to get rid of, uh, the, the Fell Omen, who's, like, one of the first major, like, bosses that you end up going up against in the game. Um, Mardik the Fell Omen, yeah, that's his name. Margit, yeah, that's his name. Um, and, uh, he, he, yeah, like, he is legitimately, like, the first major Dark Souls-y type boss that you go up against in the game, and... It was not easy getting to beat him. Um, but the big difference and probably the biggest advantage that Elden Ring has when compared to past From Software games is because um, you have this enormous open world that you can traverse. You can basically just go other places and do other stuff so you can, you know, find new object, you know, new equipment and new weapons and strengthen yourself so you can come back and fight him again. After you've gotten stronger, um, 
And especially with me, and basically what I ended up doing was I took the uh the um the wolf summon, you know, the Ash of War, got the pack of wolves, and had them also combine them with uh, you know, the sorcerer cooperator that you can get at the killer before you enter to fight him. Um I also managed to get this Ash of War that's called a uh a uh it's called the Horfrost Stop, which essentially is this uh ability where you can create like this wave of freezing effect and many times it'll actually work twice and do it enough times and it'll eventually get the freezing effect on them which not only slows them down a bit but it also makes your um regular attacks actually have a bit more oomph to them um so i'm already done that i'm now in stormvale castle um which is much closer to like a legacy dungeon that you would find in an, in an old school Dark Souls game, um, with all that entails, uh, and been making pretty good progress in that as well. Um, one of the things I went and did outside of Stormfell Castle is I went and got this weapon called the uh, Ice Rind Hatchet, which is a Basically, a small axe that has the scale of a dragon used as its blade, and depending on how you update it, you can actually like quickly not only get stronger when using it, but you can also uh, inflict the freeze effect, you know, status effect on whoever it is you're fighting at any given time. And you know, the higher it's upgraded, the quicker that effect happens. Um, Honestly, I'll be honest, it's kind of broken. <laughs> uh, it's, it, they, I would not be surprised if they end up nerfing it sometime in a future um, patch or whatever. But, yeah, uh, so far this game is absolutely going to be, is so far in the running for my game of the year. So, yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, also still playing Psychonauts. Um, Psychonauts 2 specifically. Uh, and I think I'm getting fairly close to that part of the, to, uh, the end of that game, or at least the last third of it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So Dan Rab, what about you? All right. So I've, I've only been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I'm about 15 hours in level eight. And Alex will actually pretty much taking my sweet time with it just to get an idea of like how big I didn't really even touch the Forbidden West part of the map, and I thought I explored a pretty good chunk of the map. And then when I looked, when when I saw the rest of the map, it, if you pretended that you know, if you're looking at a white part of the map, I'm really enjoying it so far. Tough to really talk about like the cool part. I've also it feels different. If you're really upgrading, it feels a whole lot more strong. There'll be a whole lot more. I'm really, and of course, yeah, it's been pretty awesome. I, I think, I, yeah. All right, so yeah, let's get to some news. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It is March, somehow, uh, that yeah. has happened. Uh, but yeah, that means with March beginning, we have more subscription services offering up games mm-hmm. for you. Uh, we'll talk about PlayStation Now first up here. Uh, their big mm-hmm. game for the month is Shadow Warrior 3, mm-hmm. the newest game in that uh, sort of rebooted series. First-person sort of action shooter kind of thing where you got, you know, guns and swords and 
all kinds of weird stuff happening uh, that is available on PlayStation Now as of launch up until July 4th. So you got uh, some time to check that out. Uh, let's see. Also available now is Crisis Remastered. Uh, you can check out that original Crytek first-person shooter that was a big deal when it came out because it was uh, kind of a a class of its own in terms of uh, tech that you know, made uh, a lot of people with PCs annoyed that uh, their PC could not handle Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sequels ended up being more console-focused since they also released on the consoles at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, but that first one still is a bit of an interesting game. It's, most people should be able to run it now at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The next game here yeah. is Rel- Relicta. Uh, not sure... Uh, let's see, it says it's a first-person physics-based puzzle game, so one of those. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You can check that out. And the last one here, Chicken Police, Paint It Red. Yep. Uh, sort of a hard-boiled detective satire. Yep. Dealing with sort of anthropomorphic animal characters. Yep. Uh, so yeah, very much in the style of like classic adventure games and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's... Uh, that's the other one you can check out for this month. So some decent stuff there mm-hmm. uh, for PlayStation now for game pass. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I mentioned earlier far changing tides is on game pass uh, console mm-hmm. and PC for its launch. Uh, let's see coming soon. Oh, this one's already out now. Lightning returns final fantasy 13 mm-hmm. console and PC. Great place to start in the third game of a trilogy that, I think got increasingly weirder uh, with each of the new games they tried out. Mm. Uh, So that one you can check out. Let's see, starting on March 10th, they've got a few more games coming that are uh, pretty interesting. There's Kentucky Route Zero Mm -hmm. uh, for console and PC, uh, March 10th. Uh, Also March 10th, we, I think, mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago that they were supposed to be launching the Xbox One version of Lawn Mowing Simulator. Mm. Ended up delaying that, and now it's going to be finally out for March 10th, hopefully, mm. uh, for the Xbox One. So, see, the the big game they're adding here is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. It'll be on their console and PC as of March 10th. So you can check that game out if you have not uh, done so. Uh, let's see, there's also Young Souls, console and mm. PC. Uh, at its launch on March 10th. So you can check that out. That is uh, like that is a game that was, I think, Stadia exclusive for a bit, uh, but is finally coming out on everything else at this point. So uh, you can check that out. And that seems to be it for the first couple weeks here. Uh, so yeah, some, some decent stuff there. Check out. Mm-hmm. All right. Good stuff there. Yeah. And uh, for other things you can check out, there is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yep. Uh, has a demo out now. Uh-huh. You can check it out uh, ahead of its March 25th launch. The demo lets you play the first three stages, including a boss stage. Uh, and if you complete the demo, you get a present code that you can redeem for some in-game items in the full version of the game once you purchase that. Uh, So there's a decent uh, bonus for beating it. Uh, But also, 
out now for Nintendo is they finally added uh, some rewards for Nintendo Switch Online. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've had a reward system going on for a while now called My Nintendo that has been strictly uh, based on web stuff you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, logging onto the website to check it. I think it had uh, stuff for checking the eShop on the Wii U and 3DS uh, bonus there and for playing the mobile games they've been putting out, that kind of stuff. So nothing really too engaging with the the Switch itself, uh, but now they've added this new little section that's still kind of weird in the, the Nintendo Switch Online app on the Switch itself. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like the, at least when I launched it the other day, it only had uh, four things on it, and it was like, play a game that it supports uh, you know Nintendo Switch Online, which I didn't understand what that meant. And it never unlocked because uh, Nintendo Switch Online had had some sort of issue going on, so it wasn't mm-hmm. recognized. You wouldn't be able to play anything online at that point. Uh, there's one for like backing up your save data, which happens automatically if you have Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, one was for like I play Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo mm-hmm. and the NES app. That kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, what's the other one here that says use this application, Nintendo Switch Online? Mm-hmm. That's it. Four things. Uh, the picture they got here shows another one. It's like play game trial software, which is like, okay. Uh, that's not active for this week, but there's, you know, it has missions for every week. Uh, the That adds to your platinum points that you have on your reward stuff. And the thing that you can do is use it to Go on there and buy the uh, icon elements, they call it. Oh. They've added in a recent firmware update that essentially lets you buy, uh, this is for your avatar, you know, your image that you use for your, uh, that goes next to your username. Uh, it's like a character piece of art. It's like the, the, the launch of this, they have Super Mario Odyssey as one of the games you can use. For this and Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. uh, Super Mario Odyssey was like, oh, here's uh, the Mario Toad, you know, Hattie. Uh, here's a couple of enemies, you know, boss Captain Toad, uh, and then mm-hmm. they have backgrounds that you can have behind that image. They're all kind of generic looking, and then frames for that as well. So you can combine those together into different kinds of avatars that go beyond the simple like character portraits they offer to everybody. The Animal Crossing one just has like a bunch of different villagers images and you can have, you know, different backgrounds and frames for that stuff that are tied to that. And the, yeah, for Animal Crossing, they have a lot more. So there's like 10 coins each. I think that was the same for the Mario ones. Mario ones has like 10 characters at 10 each. That's a hundred points there. I think five each for the backgrounds and frames. Those are five each. They have five of those each. So that's like 150 total. Whereas Animal Crossing is like 60-some, no, it's 34, so that's 340 points. You know, 390 points total to buy everything, that's a lot. I have 1,400 uh, points right now for my Platinum points. And it's like, there just isn't a lot of great things to buy with that stuff on uh, my Nintendo. For the most part, it's kind of just some very basic stuff. Like, you can get wallpapers. 
or crappy little uh, strategy books, like beginner books uh, for a couple of games. Uh, like lately they've been doing things like, oh, you can use points to get these uh, physical items that you also have to pay shipping for. So it's not mm-hmm. free. So people try to hoard those so they can pay for, you know, a few items at once for shipping versus, you know, six or seven bucks each to ship uh, fairly minor things. It's like, Oh, this is a, this is a pin or a phone ring or something like that. Weird stuff like that. It's like kind of closer to what the club Nintendo was, but it's still just a bit off from having, okay. Now they got us. I just, I didn't notice they had this before, but they have a, a Nintendo Switch game card case. I don't know how many it holds. Uh, the 3DS ones are very good. Uh, eight Nintendo Switch game cards, if you have that many. Uh, so there you go. So there's there's some decent things they're doing there. Uh, but it's not really as cool as it could be. Mm-hmm. That stuff, but that's better than nothing, I guess. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see, next up here, Sifu has been out for three weeks now. Uh, mm-hmm. It has reached one million units sold, which is yep. great to see. Making a game real hard like that for an audience that's, uh, I wasn't sure that would be there, but it seems to be doing very well. That's great news. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. They also had put out some other stats. Ten million hours have been played of Sifu so far. More than 45% of players have completed the challenging second level of the game, which is pretty impressive to at least get that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over 150,000 players have already mastered Kung Fu enough to beat Yang, the game's main antagonist, which that is a lot. About 15% of your audience has uh, beaten that uh, main boss. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, good on that. Like, uh, um, as I mentioned, like Sifu has been really, really fun. I really enjoyed that game. Um, I, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, perhaps more Sifu down the line. But you know, one million units sold in its first three weeks from an indie game that's only available on the PS5 and PC is that, that's really good. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that most of them are PC players. But yeah, like um, you know, obviously its difficulty will leave much to be desired as far as an accessibility standpoint, as well as, like, you know, just people who really want to experience the story. But honestly, it's a beat-em-up. There's not much story here. So, but yeah, congrats to MoCat or um, uh, SlowClap for that. Yeah, and they've said they have difficulty options coming in the future here. Uh, so that'll be good to see. I think they also mentioned that they're going to be adding a special costume for people that paid for the Deluxe Edition that had some issues getting it installed on the PS4 and PS5 in the early access period. Uh, But that also be adding some more costumes overall to unlock for the game. Uh, That I assume will be influenced by various uh, kung fu movies and such. So, yeah, that'll be cool to see. Uh, Let's see. Haven, another big indie game that's come out in the past year or so. Uh, From the Game Bakers, they've announced that they have added a new update for the game. Mm-hmm. That allows you to have your two main characters, you and K, uh, being able to recast them as uh, the same sex, same gender. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, there's. 
uh, you as the woman, K as the man, and so you can have them change to be both women, uh, both men. I believe they keep the same uh, physical, uh, you know, heights mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, they didn't change any of that, but they did have uh, some new voice actors come in to do uh, those lines for uh, the new genders. Uh, so that is a lot of work they put into this. Uh, for something that uh, probably doesn't uh, mean they'll sell like a huge mo- uh, number more of these games, but it's a cool inclusive update to get the very kind of queer vibe that that game can have to it. So that is uh, exciting, uh, exciting to see. So yeah, that is, uh, that is a cool update to see for that game. Haven, check it out uh, if that interests you. It's kind of a... Awesome. A relationship RPG of sorts. You can play with uh, a friend or, you know, a significant other. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So that's, uh, that's cool to see. Yeah, definitely something cool to see. Um, Haven came out, I think, at the end of 2020. And um, it was definitely a game that uh, I was looking forward to when they first showed it at the uh, Summer of Gaming thing for Xbox, like, that year. And uh, yeah, like I, I played a few hours of it. Like it was cool, like flowing through certain parts of it. But like, oh, there was something about it that just didn't really engage me enough to finish it. And like, you know, knowing that it's been more than a year since the game's release, and they're still um, going ahead to like um, make these updates, you know, just shows that where where, where Game Bakers is as a company. And uh, you know, like I don't even know like how much uh, this game made because it, it didn't really like you know turned the world on its head and whatnot, but um, it was definitely cool for what it is, and hopefully like this uh, this update gives it a little bit more um, evergreen to it, but yeah, it's just good for everybody. Yeah, that is uh, a cool thing to see. Uh, let's see, another cool thing to see. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is coming out later this month on March 25th, uh, but before that uh, is releasing, they have uh, put out a prequel Called Ghostwire Tokyo Prelude. It is a visual novel, mm-hmm. uh, free. Yeah. It's available on the PS4 right now uh, to play on PS4, or PS5, as well as it'll be on Steam and Epic Game Store March 8th. Uh, let's see. They say join the mysterious KK and his team of supernatural detectives as they investigate an unusual disappearance. Uh, yeah, it'll lead into, I assume, the story of the of the main game. Mm-hmm. A little bit weird to make this visual novel on the PS4 when it's only coming out on the PS5 uh, for the consoles, so that's a little bit weird. Awesome. Yeah, right. I mean, like as as cool as it may seem, this is this is never usually good news for a game like this. Um, I mean, I haven't really seen much of it aside from like a, the few trailers that were released after like Nakamura left uh, the company, but um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the reason why I say it's weird is because by doing this, it tries to give you an idea of the game's lore, but at the same time, since the game has no established audience, no one's actually going to know this comic is out, and like, you know, it'll be folks like who, who listen to podcasts or, li- or like watch like gaming news and like who are in the know about this thing, and like, I'm not sure a lot of people are even too excited to play this game, and you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but like, you know, this, this gives me... Um, vibes from like Final Fantasy Twelve where they released like a whole like a like a movie and like an anime to get people ready for the game and 
you know, as solid as the game might have been, like you don't even really know what was going on unless you watched or consumed any of the content. And I hope it doesn't go that same route. You know, I, I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, it's just uh, normally this is something you want to see after the game is released, not before. Did you mean Final Fantasy 15? Yeah, yeah, 15. My bad. All right, so yeah, uh, you can check that out now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, GTA 5 is coming out here March 15th, just over a week away. And they have, uh, at Rockstar Games, released a bunch of information about, you know, what sort of upgrades and such you'll be able to expect out of this game Mm -hmm. uh, for that. And, yeah, let's see. They have three graphic settings for uh, the campaign itself. You have fidelity mode for, yeah, 4K and 30 FPS. Uh, You have PS5 and Xbox Series X will support native 4K with ray tracing enabled, while Xbox Series S supports upscaled 4K resolution. On that mode, performance mode is for getting 60 FPS. Uh, PS5 and Xbox Series S support upscaled 4K with 60 FPS, and Series S goes to 1080p. There's also a performance RT mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you get 60 FPS with... uh, an upscaled 4K resolution with some ray tracing, so it looks pretty nice, sort of what the Insomniac has been able to do, so that's cool to see more games doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, that obviously won't be on the Series S because it cannot do uh, ray tracing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's new improvements across the board, faster load times, increased population traffic variety, vegetation density, improved lighting. Uh, let's see... All that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it has support for the dual senses, haptic feedback, and adaptive triggers, uh, 3D audio, all that kind of stuff. So there's that. GTA Online will have some of the same upgrades there, uh, but they've done a lot of work to overhaul the the way you start that game. Mm-hmm. I assume that's still pretty similar to what it was back in 2013. And that probably doesn't do a great job when they've added so much stuff to that since then. So, uh, but yeah, also remember that if you have PlayStation Plus, you get the standalone GTA Online for free. Uh, as long as you grab it between the launch and, I think, June uh, after three months. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no paid, no free upgrades on any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they've done a lot of quality of life improvements on GTA Online. Yeah, newly designed introduction, tutorial for new players. Your front end main menu that allows you to jump directly into free mode. Heist races, adversary modes, and all the other content they have. Uh, yeah, you can. They have a new car- uh, career builder feature designed for new players or anyone wants to reset their character and get a fresh start. Uh, to check out the early game stuff in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, when you try it, you get a four million dollars in GTA bucks to pick out all your essentials to start out with, you know, vehicles, weapons, business properties, and all all that kind of stuff. But they, mm-hmm. while you can't get a free upgrade, they do allow you to transfer your saves over to the next platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can begin transferring your story mode progress today by downloading the game and uploading the save to the Rockstar Games Social Club. Yeah, it's PS4 over to PS5, Xbox One over to Xbox Series X and S. It stays on the same platform family. 
Uh, weird thing they say is you can only store one game save per platform at a time, and saves remain available to download for 90 days. So I assume if you hit 90 days and you didn't buy the game and your transfer, you have to redo it again. Uh, but yeah, with, uh, it would migrate your detail online character progress as well. Upon loading the game on either new consoles, that includes all your characters, money, progression, all that stuff. Uh, but that also stay on the same platform family. Uh, but yeah, that'll be, let's see, it'll be out March 15th. Physical release isn't coming until April. Right. So you've still got to wait a while if you want a physical version. Mm-hmm. That'd be a hell of a thing to have PS3, PS4, and PS5 versions of that game. Uh, physical, same like Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X or S. Or it won't be X, I guess. Mm. For that, but uh, that's neat. You can see they're putting some actual work into that. Kind of explains a bit why it's taken them so long. I mentioned that GTA Online overhauling the the whole tutorial and intro process is probably a big deal. Because mm. that's probably just been an archaic thing that's just been, oh, here's what we did in 2013. We're kind of just piling more on. So once you get those first few missions done, it does. It looks nothing like what it was then. Uh, but that's cool. Let me check it out next week, I think it is. Yeah, next Tuesday. Uh, there's also a couple other things happening that week. March 16th, Paradise Killers coming to PlayStation and Xbox. Mm-hmm. PS5, PS4, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series consoles. Uh, alongside a new content update for those that have it on Steam or Switch. Uh, that is a murder mystery open world kind of game to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cool kind of art style to it and all that as you explore yep. uh, the... The island that that is set on. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be neat to see. It'll support 4K at 60 FPS, ray tracing, faster loading, all that kind of stuff. Haptics, day night light bars, cycle on the PS5's DualSense wireless controller. There's other stuff. Uh, the new content. Uh, let's see, includes new music, new beings, class rewards, collectibles, and Steam achievements for PC players, as well as general performance enhancements. Uh, the game will also become the Epic Game Store alongside the new consoles versions as well, so that's cool. That's a game worth checking out. It's a pretty cool game. Very nice art style yeah. to it. So there you go. Yeah. And uh, let's see, also happening on March 17th, on that Thursday, uh, Shredders is launching, which is a uh, an indie snowboarding game. It's supposed to be more on the Sim side versus like a SSX or whatever. Uh, that'll be out on PC through Steam and Microsoft Store and the Xbox Series consoles. Uh, it'll also be on Game Pass. Uh, so there you go. You can check that out on Thursday. Kind of nice to have a, another snowboarding game mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in a while. Mm. Saying it's got a big open world sort of mountain to explore. It's got some pro skaters in it, story mode, all that kind of stuff, online play. So that's cool. Awesome. Sounds great. And let's see, going into next month for some new releases, there's the House of the Dead remake is finally coming out. It's going to be out April 7th for the Switch only uh, from you know, Forever Entertainment that has a, a bunch of stuff on their plate. They announced a sequel for there's House of the Dead 2 remake that they're doing. They haven't announced a date for that yet. Uh, they're also doing the Front Mission uh, remakes for the Switch as well. As exclusives. 
So they got uh, a bunch of big money there with Sega from the House of the Dead stuff and Square Enix for the Front Mission stuff. So mm-hmm. that's cool to see. Yeah. So are those House of the Dead, Dead games going to come with like light guns or is it just a cursor and you shoot? I would assume you use the Joy-Cons somehow. Hmm. I don't know. The, let me see yeah. if there's a I mean, link like, to the page. There's no sensor bar, so I'm not, I'm not sure how the Joy-Cons will be. Uh, gyro. Ah, yeah, that's true. Link to the store page for this. I'm going to double check. Let's see. There's a Nintendo UK page for this. I'm going to see if they have any details on how you play it. It says it sports handheld mode, tabletop mode, TV mode. You can use the Pro controllers. You might be able to just play with sticks as well. Oh. Uh, doesn't mention anything about only being able to use the the Joy-Cons. I don't know. I assume we'll oh. find that out before we get to launch. Seems pretty faithful to the to what the those old games were. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned multiple endings, uh, arcade classic, modern graphics controls, all that kind of stuff. So I don't, yeah, not much details on that stuff. There you go. Ooh. Let's see, hitting in May. Uh, there's Pac-Man Museum Plus. Just in case it's been too long since you played a Pac-Man game, Namco Bandai or Bandai Namco comes in to save the day. Gives you mm-hmm. yet another way to play Pac-Man and the various other games. I think the original version of this Pac-Man Museum came out in like 2014. That was only mm-hmm. on the PS3 and Xbox 360, so uh, not the a weird time to put that out on those platforms after the new consoles came out then. Uh, but this Plus version includes some extra stuff in it. Uh, all the games you get is, let's see, Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pal, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-and-Time, Pac-Man Arranged Arcade version, Pac-Man, Arran- Pac-Man Arrangement CS version, Pac-Man Championship Edition, not the DX or DX Plus versions, which is a shame, uh, Pac-Motos, Pac-and-Roll Remix, Pac-Man Battle Royale, and Pac-Man 256, which Pac-Man 256 is an interesting inclusion because that is a mobile game where you're, you know, doing like, it's kind of a, a runner, but Pac-Man. Uh, so that's yeah. a neat addition. It also released on the console, so it's not unheard of to do that kind of thing. Let's see. They also include a unique visual interface that resembles an arcade game center. So you can put the arrange the games however you want in this little arcade you have. Yeah. Uh, you can also put decorations and memorabilia as well. Uh, mission-based progress progression system. Completing game missions rewards players with coins. Can be used to unlock more missions or items that players can place in their virtual arcade room. So kind of a more yeah. cohesive version of what Game Room was. Uh, so there you go. That is out May 27th. It'll also be on Game Pass as well. So you don't even have to spend additional money on however much this will cost. I don't think they've announced a price for this yet. So there you go. Another collection that doesn't include everything you'd want. Mm-hmm. Especially not Miss Pac-Man because that is a... I think it's not going to happen because the company that owns the rights to that, Bandai Namco, hates intensely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but let's see. One more... Date here for you. The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero will yep. finally be coming out. 
finally. Yeah. For PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam, Epic Game Store, and GOG mm-hmm. on September 27th in North America, September 30th in Europe. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, this is the Crossbell game. Mm-hmm. Well, the first Crossbell game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're playing as a character named Lloyd Bannings. Yep. I guess becomes a cop. Yeah, he's a cop. So that's not great. Eh, it was made <laughs> like years ago, so. Yeah. yeah. And keep in mind, this is also a different universe. So. Oh, yeah. Play, uh, a universe where we can trust cops, I guess. Yeah. Also, it's. Uh, so, what, what's unique about the Crossbell arc of these games is that uh, Crossbell is very unique because it's a. It's a city-state that's basically located, like, in between, like, right in between, like, all the three sort of major uh, countries that are in conflict with each other. Um, and, like, one of the things that happens during this, uh, the, and if you've played the Trails of Cold Steel games, you might know this. There is a point where uh, the city decides to declare its independence as its own country. Um, and the events, you actually do get to live out like the events of that whole thing during this particular arc of the series. Um, but yeah, if, if you remember uh, Trails of Cold Steel 2, and, you know, the, and if you also played Trails of Cold Steel 4, and you remember the whole... Um, you know, the whole part where you're talking with all the Crossbell people, this is where they all start originally came from. Yeah, so, uh, as Brandon said, like, this is a, this game has been a long time coming. Like, this series should have arrived here before we got the Cold Steel series, because this game and its sequel, Trails to Azure, takes place uh, during the events of uh, Cold Steel 1 and 2. Yeah. And then we already received uh, Cold Steel 3 and 4, and Cold Steel 3 and 4 pretty much brought everybody together and that's why when i talked about it a couple years ago cold steel 4 was pretty much the avengers uh end game in like in, in in this whole uh trail series so it's interesting in that regard um so the, the cool thing about this and what uh what made it uh localized in the first place was um these passionate fans that, that, that called themselves the geofront and they localized the japanese version of the game and made the patches uh, downloadable here in uh, here in the United States and, you know, um, all, all, all across the world. And what happened was NIS America and Falcom actually cut a deal with them. So by doing that, all of those patches were removed from the internet. And, like, now, uh, when you buy this game, not only mm-hmm. are you supporting the Trail series, but you're also supporting Falcom and you're, and you're supporting those, um, the, uh, those fans that actually localized the game. So, like, that's a big reason why, like, I'm definitely gonna, you know, put my money here. Uh, September is a long wait, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be worth it. I've, I've, I've definitely been, been waiting for a while, and hopefully, we aren't too far from the sequel as well, which uh, the same team also localized. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I don't know whether it'll reach the Switch on the at the same time as the. Oh, oh, oh! It says it is on September twenty-seven. So that's that, that's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, because the the Cold Steel games uh, or three and four are also on Switch, but they arrived much later. And um, mm-hmm. this is a game that uh, you know, even though it's available on, like on a console, 
you probably do want to play it on handheld just because, I mean, like, you know, if you watch the trailer, like, you know, these are from, like, the SNES, PlayStation, early PC days. So you don't mm-hmm. need a 4K device or a 4K screen to, like, really uh, enjoy this one. So I look forward to playing this in bed when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah, I think these were PSP games. Yeah. And they came out, so it's of that kind of era of visuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these were made before Cold Steel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say the visual style is a bit different than what Cold Steel has. Well, yeah, yeah these were all metric. Um, and Cold Steel was like fully three-dimensional, so yeah. Yeah. Where they was like, Hey, Persona's cool. Mm-hmm. We should do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is cool. That's out in a little bit under seven months. So if you haven't been keeping up with that series, uh, better start marathoning now. Yeah. Or yeah. if anything, they can go ahead and play the uh, Trails in the Sky games, which are all on PC. Or yeah. if you actually have a Vita or a PSP, go ahead and find it there. But... um. I'm not sure if they're still available for download. You know, I might be wrong, but I, uh, physical versions are definitely impossible to find. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm pretty sure both games are still available on GOG. So, all three oh, of no, them. I, I meant the uh, PSN on uh, the PSP. I don't know if they're, if they're oh, still Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I think they're still on the Vita store at the all least. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the, the problem is the... Outside of PC, the that series is very spread out over various different platforms. Mm-hmm. That uh, would have been nice to have them on the same platform at some point over the past ten years or whatever. Yeah. Hey, I guess that's the the PC for you if you want to do that. Yeah, and uh, the thing is about the trail series, it's got loads and loads and loads of characters, <laughs> and all of them have their own story arcs and all of them are intertwined with each other so brandon you, you actually finished uh, cs4 right see it cold steel 4 yes i did so how, how overwhelming was it for you when you had access to every character in the game uh it was pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i was like i have never played an rpg where i had like 50 people to choose from and like yeah fun- and the great thing is is that the way that the literal like actual final boss of that game is set up, uh, you end up using every single one of them. Yeah, and like there's fan service for every like possible group you can have. Like it, it yeah. was well in that regard. Yeah. And I mean they're already stopped starting the next arc already in Japan. So Yep. <laughs> uh but yeah, let's get on to the next bit of news here. Uh, Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are getting upgrades for the new consoles later this year. Uh, They have not really mentioned too much about what to expect other than getting ray tracing support, 3D audio, and according to the press release, high frame rate. Mm -hmm. Assume that means 60 FPS, but who knows with Capcom. Mm. Uh, The PS5 version will feature DualSense haptic feedback and adaptive trigger support as well, so You'll get that stuff. It'll be free upgrades uh, for that. Uh, the PC version is also going to get upgrades as well. Mm-hmm. Prove them. But uh, yeah, there's no date yet, but sometime later this year, probably in the, the fall or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Another 
reason to jump back into those games. Yep. I haven't done that in a while, so there you go. Mm-hmm. On uh, the last of the uh, the the regular news here, Epic Games has announced their next acquisition, and it is Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of indie music uh, platform mm-hmm. uh, for buying music from a lot of uh, smaller bands and musicians and such. Yeah, a, a lot of game music gets sold on there uh, from the various composers that offer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a pretty interesting uh, acquisition to make. Uh, I believe I read that's uh, part of the reason that Bandcamp was sold is because they uh, a major part of their initial funding when they were set up was through venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whenever you're doing that, uh, that's the end game for that kind of stuff. They're looking for the return on their investments and uh, whether they're selling their stake in the company or just selling the company as a whole, if they own uh, the majority of shares and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, this is sort of how it happens, but it seems like they're not going to really change too much. Uh, with the co-founder and CEO, Ethan Diamond saying that, you know, they're going to keep operating as a standalone marketplace and music community. Uh, he'll continue to lead the team. Uh, everything's staying the same. They'll just have uh, the support of Epic uh, to expand out to new markets and uh, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that uh, works out as well as they can. But yeah, Bandcamp kind of makes a sense for them because it is a a music platform where the artist gets, they say here, an average of 82% of every sale. I think every Friday they forego mm-hmm. their, uh, their sort of store uh, take of the of those sales so that all the money goes to the artists on Fridays. Uh, you know, those Bandcamp Friday events. So you can really want to support your favorite artists. Uh, you can do so on Fridays. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a, a neat acquisition to have uh, for them. And certainly one that's, we kind of need more, uh, more big names in the, the music space. Cause it's largely just Apple and uh, Amazon. If you're trying to acquire music and they've got all the big names selling mm-hmm. their music through them. Uh, so Bandcamp can at least get some better support and hopefully grow in a, a better service for the for the artists and the the people that shop on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh that's an interesting acquisition. Nobody expected out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's awesome. get over let's get over to our uh, last bit here of gaming companies that are taking some initiative to respond to the uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, uh, basically. Uh, after, uh, like, I, I go ahead and say what I said on last weekend, which is, uh, up until it happened, I was very skeptical of that Russia was actually going to invade, simply because I was still operating under the assumption that Vladimir Putin was a rational actor. Um, I mean, he's certainly amoral and ruthless, but I still thought that he was smart enough to recognize that there really was no good way for him to win this without massive backlashes. And then he went ahead and did it. (laughs) Uh, So now basically the entire world has in solidarity, basically turned its back on Russia, pulling out all of its um, business ties, cutting off business ties, uh, 
actively, uh, you know, going after and seizing assets of Russian oligarchs outside of Russia, ceasing operations within Russian territory. And basically, these stories are more or less sort of a part of those groups of events. Um, some of them you'll find out uh, really make sense because they're also Eastern European. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, the first company here is EA. Mm-hmm. They've announced that they are uh, halting sales of their games and DLC and virtual currency and such mm-hmm. in Russia and Belarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is an uh, interesting decision, as well as they announced that they are removing the Russian teams from NHL 22 and FIFA 22, mm-hmm. which may be a, a bit of a bigger move, though I don't know that Russia is necessarily a big team in FIFA. Not that they're necessarily one that people would necessarily use all that much. Yeah, but you also have to remember that this is FIFA we're talking about. They're like yeah. the biggest, most influential sporting organization on planet Earth. And it's also basically a criminal cartel that also occasionally hosts tournaments, but that's a different story. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking about what sort of material impact that would have on the people that are playing. Yeah. Three players, and that's like... It's probably not a huge deal. NHL might be more of a big deal uh, because there's certainly a lot of great Russian athletes in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I don't know how much the people play with the <sighs> national teams and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might not be a huge one, but it's it sends a message. That's yeah. kind of uh, the point of all this. So there you go for EA. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big move is uh, CD Projekt Red, or CD Projekt as a whole, has halted all sales of their stuff to Russia and Belarus. Yeah. Uh, as well as GOG sales to Belarus and Russia. Yeah, uh, this isn't surprising because CD Projekt Red is a Polish company. And, uh, you know, they they kind of share borders right around that area. So it's not a surprise that, you know, they would be among the first to cut ties with Russia and Belarus. Yep. Yeah, they're Polish, so they certainly know about the history of invasions in their country. Yeah, uh, they were uh, basically, they well, they're famously known as the kickball of Europe. Um, yeah. They've been invaded by just about every power that exists there. Um, yeah. Including France and Germany and Russia, like, three times. Um yeah. Yeah, so not really a huge surprise, but uh, definitely a welcome one for a company that has been on the, the wrong side of some of this stuff in the past mm-hmm. when it comes to things like transphobia and that. Uh, so nice to see them doing something uh, good for once. Uh, oh. Also happening, uh, since it's happening in Ukraine, there are a number of developers in there. Uh, mm-hmm. GSC Game World is one of them, the makers of the Stalker, uh, Stalker Two: Heart of Chernobyl, and they've said that, uh, yeah, it's we're gonna stop working on that uh, for a bit here. I don't know if they mentioned anything about. Let's see, uh, they put out a video uh, about this, saying the previous week we were editing the video about our motion capture studio. We wanted to show how the cutscenes were created. We took time to watch videos, write scripts, and speak with actors. The previous week was ages ago on the twenty fourth of Russia, Russia or twenty fourth of February, 
Russia mm. declared war on Ukraine and sent rockets, tanks, and soldiers to our homeland. Our country is forced to fight for existence again. Seems mm. like this is the price of freedom. This video is our answer to the how are you guys question. Now we are striving to help our employees and our families to survive. Uh, the game development shifted to the sidelines, but we will definitely continue after the victory. Glory to mm. Ukraine. Yep. So yeah, I assume this means it's probably not going to hit its uh, release later this year. Maybe uh, this whole thing will be over before we know it, and they'll be able to get back to that. Maybe. But there's obviously more important things going on Yep. Uh, for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, there's been other studios doing some cool stuff. Bungie's raised some money for, I think, the Ukraine Red Cross. 11-Bit uh, Studios has been uh, put in there. Uh, Offering proceeds for their games, especially uh, what is the the one game they put out, This War of Mine, which is specifically about the Bosnian invasion. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's it's the, the, This War of Mine is yeah, yeah. So that's uh, but they set it in a fictional city for the story purposes. But yeah, it's based on things that have happened in their home country there so uh, yeah they have been putting sales uh, profits from their sales to the Ukrainian Red Cross as well and I think I've raised a good bit of money out of that as well so there's studios out there doing some good work and uh, the minimum a lot of studios are doing is just speaking out against Russia that kind of thing uh -huh. uh, I don't know if there's anything too much different coming out of some of these other studios, but we haven't seen like Nintendo, Sony, or the Xbox team speaking on this stuff mm -hmm. so much just yet. I think even Valve as well has been fairly quiet on that stuff outside of just some baseline bank stuff that's getting rejected on their storefronts, which is not really because of anything the platform holders are doing because of all the, the, the sanctions of the banks and such that are going on. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of that for the, the Russia stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to see that the gaming industry is, you know, trying to take action in, when, in, in things they possibly could do. Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't have any numbers on, like, how big, like, Russia is for, like, gaming in general, but, you know, um, like Brandon said, like, FIFA is a huge sports organization that has all sorts of influence all throughout the world. So that's a... And interesting, and yeah, it's it's just good to see that all all of these companies take solidarity just to show that you know we shouldn't be at war. And like again, like with 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 the situations like for example Bobby Kotick, I mean the main way to you know get attention and make waves is to like affect the wallets. And you know obviously Russia doesn't want to see like their monetary partnerships subside. So hopefully like this does some damage to like you know whatever is happening with the best. Um, for me, uh, working at EA, like they're uh, they're they're offering to match employee donations for uh, for organizations. Uh, I'm I'm not sure which one, but like it's definitely a good thing that I'm I'm definitely looking forward to helping out with. That is uh, good to hear. So yeah, I think we'll end it on that note uh, for this week. Uh, yeah, thank you to Brandon Danrev for joining this week. Uh, we'll be back Always. next week with a. Hopefully a more positive slate of news. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm assuming probably not. The way things are going uh, with that stuff, but uh, we'll see. Always a chance 
things take a turn for the better, but uh, either way, we'll have uh, some games to talk about, because more stuff is still coming out. I'm not sure what else is coming out this week. Particularly, I haven't paid much attention to that stuff, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let uh, friends and enemies uh, know about it, and family, and select strangers that uh, you know may be interested, but uh, those that at least aren't threatening to call the police if you keep talking to them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.